Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Happy Thursday, my friends. I want to start the show with this New York Post headline, which is perhaps the funniest headline that we've seen in a long time. Let me bring this up on the screen. My browser is being very slow. It says White House cocaine belonged to Biden family orbit member. This according to a report, and evidently Joe Biden knew this, knows this. He's aware of this. Yes, Sherlock, great detective work. You should be promoted. You are, in fact, the most brilliant investigative team we have ever seen. What an astonishing revelation. Of course, it's Biden family orbit member. What does that even mean? Is that like Hunter's username online. Look at this video. We, we played this video back around the 4th of July of Hunter Biden on the balcony at the White House watching the fireworks. You tell me if this is a man who is high on cocaine. You tell me if this is someone tweaking out. Look at Hunter Biden. Look at him. That's textbook for tweaking out. This is not a member of the Biden family orbit. This is Hunter Biden's cocaine and we all know it. Joe Biden knows it. Jill Biden knows it. Look at the way that they're ignoring Hunter Biden in this video. Thank you, New York Post, for the most hilarious headline of the week. The House Oversight Committee has revealed a $20 million Biden bribery scheme. This is quite something. I'm going to read you this tweet thread from the House Oversight, or this X thread. It's not Twitter anymore. This X thread from the Oversight Committee, it says, Biden family investigation. Today, we are releasing a bank records memo detailing how the Bidens and their associates received millions from oligarchs in Russia, Kazakhstan, and Ukraine. As Hunter was sealing the deal, then deals, then Vice President Biden dined with these oligarchs in D.C. So what's really interesting before we get started here, what's really interesting to me about what the House Oversight Committee did is you and I and everyone watching this show, even Democrats, know that Hunter Biden is corrupt. We know that he engaged in pay-to-play schemes. He sold access to his father as vice president. But what's the most interesting thing to me is when we can actually see exactly how it was done. Because corruption is just a criminal enterprise disguised by confusion, camouflaged by confusion. And when you can see step A, step B, step C, step D, that's fascinating to me. So that's what the Oversight Committee did, is they detailed exactly how this was done. They said, we've now identified $20 million in payments from foreign sources to the Bidens and their associates. During Joe Biden's presidency, or vice presidency, Hunter sold him as, quote unquote, the brand. No real services were provided other than access to the Biden network, including Joe Biden himself. On February 14th of 2014, this of course is during the Obama years, right, when Biden was vice president, Russian oligarch Yelena Baterina wired $3.5 million to a shell company associated with Hunter Biden and Devin Archer. About $1 million was transferred to Archer, and the remainder was used to initially fund a new company account, which Archer and Biden used to receive other foreign wires. In spring of 2014, then, a Ukrainian oligarch placed Archer and Biden on the Burisma board of directors and agreed to pay each of them $1 million per year. Then Vice President Joe Biden visited Ukraine soon after they joined Burisma. Hunter claimed credit for this visit, 
to show quote unquote value. So we're pretty familiar with this up until now, but here's where it gets interesting. On April 22nd of 2014, Kazakhstani oligarch Kenis Rakashev wired the exact price of Biden's sports car to a bank account used by Archer and Biden. The very next day, a payment was made to purchase the sports car, which this is incredible to me. Like they didn't even try to hide this. They thought their bank account situation was so convoluted or so hidden that they're actually shaking down foreign oligarchs, an oligarch from Kazakhstan for the price of a sports car. The House Oversight goes on to say, after receiving the sports car payment, Archer and Biden then arranged for Burisma executives to visit Kazakhstan in June of 2014 to evaluate a three-way deal among Burisma, a Chinese state-owned company, and the government of Kazakhstan. So one of the things that I find particularly interesting too is that a lot of times we'll say like, oh, Burisma, it was an energy company. What does Hunter Biden know about the energy industry? Nothing. That's obvious. But what does he bring to the table? He brings the ability to make these connections. If you pay him $3.5 million or the price of a sports car, he will bring United States government officials to your country or arrange for them to have dinner with you, including up to his father, the vice president of the United States, and will arrange for these meetings between really hostile, corrupt nations to make business deals that, again, ultimately profit him. But his, his value is the connections that he has. That's what, he, that, that's what his currency is, connecting. So Oversight goes on to say, Hunter brought in millions of dollars from Yelena Baterina, Burisma, and Kenneth Rakashev. Vice President Biden then had dinner with them in the spring of 2014 and 2015 in Washington, D.C. This is clear corruption that enriched the Biden family. Well, obviously, of course it is. I find it fascinating to see exactly who paid the money, where the money went, what Hunter Biden did with the money, and what happened as a result of the payment of that money. That's what House Oversight did. So the question is, how come Joe Biden hasn't been impeached for this? Because this is a high crime or misdemeanor. This is selling out the United States of America. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases. So, the question, of course, is if we understand the crime that the Bidens have committed, that they were selling access to the Vice President of the United States, that were getting paid millions of dollars. Um, the implication of this was, was phone, Joe Biden on the phone, Joe Biden having dinner with these people, these, this political connectivity that endangers the national security of our country. This is clearly corrupt. Why hasn't Joe Biden been impeached? We have plenty of proof. And the answer to that lies with Mitch McConnell. Yes, Mitch McConnell. He's supposed to be a Republican. Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader, warns the House Republicans that a Biden impeachment is, quote unquote, not good for the country. 
Not good for the country, Mitch. What does that mean? Like, what, what harm do you think is going to be caused to our country if we impeach a president who is obviously corrupt, provably, demonstrably corrupt? Or better yet, what harm is going to be caused to our country if we don't impeach a president for obvious, provable corruption? So this, the answer to the second question is the harm that's going to be caused to our country is this kind of corruption and the people who are engaging in this corruption will be emboldened. They will do it again if they aren't held accountable and more people will take part in this corruption if they don't think there's any consequences for this behavior. The national security of our nation, the even domestic policies, let alone foreign policies, will be harmed. So the, the repercussions of not holding Biden accountable are pretty serious. So the repercussions of impeaching Biden, well, maybe this is more personal to Mitch McConnell than logical here because Mitch McConnell, let me bring this up. Mitch McConnell, this is from The Federalist. I'm gonna bring the article up so I can read the title exactly here. Mitch McConnell and Elaine Chow, his wife, spent decades getting rich on China. Oh, so maybe it's because Mitch McConnell doesn't want to be exposed himself. Because on a smaller scale, of course, he has engaged in the same type of activities that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden have engaged in. This is what the Federalist article says. For decades, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and his wife Elaine Chao have maintained a glaring conflict of interest, conducting extensive government business despite the Chao family's deep ties to China through a maritime shipping company. Trump has actually been the one that called McConnell out the most. Why do Republican senators allow a broken down hack politician, Mitch McConnell, to openly disparage hardworking Republican candidates for the United States Senate? This was obviously written before the midterms. This is such an affront to honor and to leadership. He should spend more time and money helping them get elected and less time helping his crazy wife and family get rich on China. This is what the article says. Trump's criticism of McConnell and Chow, however, is not something to be taken lightly. For years, the McConnell and Chow families have maintained a symbiotic relationship that grants opportunities to the Chow's shipping company, Foremost Group, which largely operates in and on behalf of communist China. So it's corruption. It's family corruption. So maybe here, the reason that Mitch McConnell doesn't want Joe Biden to be held accountable is because he himself doesn't want to be held accountable. He doesn't want his conflict of interest and his corruption to be highlighted. He doesn't want the American people to look at him and say, wait a second, Mitch McConnell, how did you get so rich serving your entire career in government and your wife serving her entire career in government? Could it be because you have business tied to the Chinese Communist Party? And could it be that your policies, your policy preferences, the ones that you push or the ones that you don't push benefit Chinese the Chinese communist agenda, or at least don't rattle the Chinese communist agenda? Now, the answer to this to any of us who are common sense, whether you're on the left or the right, the answer is, well, that's very obvious. This is very obvious. It's very obvious today because Mitch McConnell otherwise would call out the corruption of Joe Biden. He's not worried about it being divisive to impeach Biden. He's worried about his own tail. He's worried about his own corruption here. And by the way, by the way, this story about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, this $20 million corruption scheme, bribery scheme, whatever you want to call it, taking money from foreign oligarchs of shady nations and in return giving access to these oligarchs to the vice president of the United States, this is certainly going to be yet another Trump indictment. I'm going to bring this tweet up on the screen. This is element number five. Benny Johnson tweeted, 
Uh, breaking, Fulton County DA, that's in Georgia, Fannie Willis will, rep- will reportedly seek more than a dozen indictments in a probe into Donald Trump when she presents her case before a grand jury next week. And I read that and I thought, yep, 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 yep. What has happened every single time there has been a damning revelation, a smoking gun revelation, a bombshell revelation about the Biden family corruption. We had the laptop when Hunter Biden finally admitted it was his, what happened? The next day, Trump was indicted. When Joe Biden had his boxes of classified documents and Hunter Biden was implicated just by nature of having driven the, the whatever it was, Corvette or something that was in the garage where these classified documents were housed in Delaware, what happened? Trump was indicted every time when Hunter Biden's plea deal fell apart because his attorneys had inserted into his plea deal this ridiculous provision that he couldn't be indicted on any other federal charges ever. What happened after that plea deal fell apart? President Trump was indicted. So the first thing that I thought when I saw this $20 million bribery scheme of the Bidens um, revealed, I thought, well, that's going to mean another Trump indictment. Mark my words. It's coming, folks. It is coming. Okay. So the next topic that I want to talk about is really interesting. We are about to experience a new wave of COVID, so the public health officials tell us. I can barely say that with a straight face. And I have an interesting question that I ask you guys on Twitter about who got COVID right the first time. And the reason I ask this is because if your favorite podcaster or news anchor or political commentator didn't get COVID right the first time in 2020, then why would we listen to them this time around. So I want to read some of your responses. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So we are told that there is a 55% increase in COVID cases in New York City. And if you're like me, you probably react to this by just shrugging and continuing to scroll because what does this mean? People have colds? Okay. COVID is not a thing anymore. It doesn't matter. Even when you travel on airplanes, by the way, I travel almost every week for work. And now compared to last year, there is a noticeable difference in how many people are wearing masks. Last year, you probably still had 10% of air travelers who were wearing masks. Now it's like one or two people on every flight. Like it's the weirdo. It's the fringos who are wearing masks. Like it is few and far between. People know that it's over. The people that are still wearing masks are probably never gonna take them off because if you're not gonna take them off now, what are you ever gonna think that it's safe to take them off? In fact, in fact, on uh, I, I was flying home last week with my daughter and there was some mistake on our tickets and my two-year-old and I were not seated together. So I go up to, when I checked in, 
I was like, oh, can you make sure that we're seated together? Because of course, that's the airline's rules. It's not just my preference. She's two, she's a baby. And they're like, oh, for some reason, you're gonna have to get this changed at the gate. So I go up to the gate agent when I get up to my gate and I show her the problem. She goes, oh yeah, I had already flagged that because I saw that there was a two-year-old riding on her by herself on this flight. She quickly switched it so we were together. I thanked her and I, I went back into, well, chasing my daughter around until we were gonna board the flight. And about two minutes later, she paged me over the speaker. I go up to... I go up to the uh, desk and she says, I just wanna warn you that the flight is completely full. So in order to switch you, we actually had to move someone who was traveling with someone else. She's like, I know it's not your fault. We're the ones that messed up the the, uh, seats, but he wasn't happy that he had to be moved. And keep in mind, we were in like row 26. This wasn't like a first class situation. And she's like, I just wanted to let you know before you got on the flight. And I was like, oh, I appreciate that. Thank you for the heads up et cetera, et cetera. So we get on the plane and the guy who she had told, the gate agent had switched his seat, um, was still in my seat. So I walk up and I very like sweetly just like show my ticket. I'm like, oh, sorry, I think you're in my seat. And she go, and he goes, no, this is my seat. And I was like, oh, okay. My ticket says 26 C and B and you're sitting in 26 B or whatever it is. And he goes, no, this is my seat. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not going to fight this fight, right? This is the flight attendant's job. They immediately see this and walk over. And I just, hold up my ticket and show the ticket. They knew what was happening because the gate agent had uh, briefed them. So the flight attendant says to the guy in my seat, he goes, "Um, what seat number are you? And the guy goes, this is my seat. And he goes, well, did you talk to the gate agent outside? Because I think that you were switched out of that seat. And the guy goes, yeah, I talked to the gate agent. She told me to switch. So the flight attendant just goes, then this isn't your seat. So then I go to the back of the plane while they move this guy And the flight attendant, flight attendants are generally so like nice and gracious, firm, but gracious in these situations. But the flight attendant that was in the back of the plane at the galley where I was standing with my daughter, just in case there was any kind of ruckus, um, was kind of muttering about this guy. Like, okay, dude, like you're in 26B. It's not that big of a deal to move up two rows and to sit in the aisle. It was like an hour flight. And I said, as an aside to her, I didn't know how this would land because you never know, right? But I was like, yeah, I knew he I knew he was going to be a problem as soon as I saw that he was wearing a, a full N95 with the two head straps. And like I said, didn't know how it would land because you never know how people think. She gave the biggest belly laugh and she goes, yep, 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 yep. It's like a personality characteristic of people to wear these masks. There's few and far between on planes. The point of all of this, of course, is that this COVID wave that we're about to encounter is a nothing burger, but it did make me wonder how we are going to hold accountable um, both the public health officials and the politicians who actually did impact our lives um, by imposing lockdowns and mandates and the such on us. But also there were a lot of influencers, whether this was on cable news, whether this was podcasts, whether it's just general commentary, who impacted the way that people thought about Um, lockdowns and masks and vaccines and mandates, et cetera. So I ask you guys on Twitter, I'm gonna bring this up so I can read it exactly. Oh, my browser is a real creepo today. Just really slow. I said, was your favorite podcaster or political commentator correct about COVID in 2020? And thousands of you responded to this and I want to read a couple of your responses. Jenna Ellis, you guys know Jenna Ellis. She goes, was your favorite politician right? And I answered and said, well, I don't have a favorite politician. I dislike them all on principle, but literally none of the politicians were right. So um, Jeremy Frankel says, Dennis Prager was 100% right when he predicted early on that the lockdowns would be the biggest mistake in world history. That is correct. Jacob Berry says, no, 
I had to find new ones. Jacob, I'd be interested in who you listened to that was wrong and who the new commentators that you found who were right are. Christopher said Stephen Bannon was correct, although Ryan Gerdusky said he got, no, this is a joke. He got it completely wrong. I find this really interesting. Jennifer says, yes, the libertarian podcasters I listened to were correct about COVID. That is actually interesting, probably just because of government overreach. Tammy says, yes, Jesse Kelly was correct. Yes, he was. Jesse Kelly is one of the few who was correct right from the get-go. And I personally, I personally look at people's commentary now for better or for worse. I'm just telling you how I think. I look at political commentators now, how they are analyzing issues that are happening now, and I check to see how they reacted to COVID. Because if they were right from the beginning, then I have a ton of respect for them. I think, okay, you were able to discern something in a moment that was supposed to be a fearful moment when we were under tremendous social pressure. And even from our own side, it wasn't even like a partisan thing at the very beginning. You were able to correctly discern the truth. Kudos to you. I have a higher respect for the way that you think. Some people were not correct at the beginning of 2020. And by the end of 2020, they had changed their views. And I mean, honestly, some of those people, some of those people I like, but it does... It does make me question them a little bit more now. I think based on the responses that you guys gave me, you feel the same way. You feel the same way. Let me read a couple of more names. Uh, Rush Limbaugh had a great track record. Yeah, he was mostly right. He wasn't, he wasn't entirely right. Jim says, tough question. The answer is yes, but also I'm my favorite podcaster. Well, that counts because, um, that's, can that counts? <laughs> that counts. <laughs> Um, 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 who said this? Cat Lady said Pastor Jack Hibbs was correct. Pastor Jack Hibbs was correct. I don't know if he's a podcaster, but he is a pastor in California who pushed back against the lockdowns. Steve Deese. A lot of people said Steve Deese. Yeah, he was. He was totally correct. That's right. Joe Peggs. Yes, Joe Peggs was correct. Joe Peggs was correct. Let me keep scrolling here for a second. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan... I don't think was correct at the beginning of COVID, but maybe you could argue that he made up for it by recognizing that he had been tricked, but he wasn't right from the beginning. And a lot of people are like that. And I, I don't judge those people, but it is, it is worth noting that they weren't correct from the beginning. Let me see who else you guys mentioned. Adam Carolla. Christian Toto said Adam Carolla was 100% accurate. More people are saying Jesse Kelly. Someone says Buck Sexton and David... David Horowitz. Yeah, both of those people were correct. Both of those people were correct. I'm trying to show more replies here. Someone says Ben Shapiro was not correct. No, he wasn't. He pushed the vaccine pretty hard, huh? I like him, but he was not correct on COVID. Um, same with same with Andrew Clavin. Andrew Clavin, I actually debated COVID lockdowns with Andrew Clavin at the time, and he was in favor of them. And I told him that he was totally wrong. And about a year and a half later, he came on my show and said that he just wanted to say that I was completely right, which I appreciated. So he's exonerated from being, he's exonerated from being wrong because he completely admitted that he, that he wasn't. So the point of all of this is, is not necessarily to pick at my fellow conservatives, but it is something that we should think about. Both with politicians and commentators, if someone was not correct at the beginning, when we did have all the information, even though you were on a lonely island, uh, by yourself. Like it was Jesse Kelly. It was me. It was Jeremy Boring. That was pretty much it. 
at the very beginning for people who were like, wait a second, this is incorrect. Even Tucker Carlson didn't get it right from the beginning. You could argue that he also exonerated himself because he came down so hard against the vaccine and against mandates and against lockdowns, et cetera, et cetera. But at the beginning, he, I remember because I did a response to it. He did a monologue telling President Trump that COVID was a big deal and um, echoing the what turned out to be false case fatality rate that the WHO was pushing. So a lot of these people didn't get it correct from the beginning. Um, I'm interested, I was interested in reading all of your responses to this and interested in whether you thought that this damaged the credibility of these podcasters or whether you, and commentators, or whether you continued to listen to them or whether you continued to listen to them, but also in a more trust but verify way. So you can let me know if you have additional additional thoughts on that um, okay, we are going to talk about what happened in Ohio, what happened in the Ohio election yesterday. A lot of people have been asking me about this, and there's an important point that needs to be made. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on The First TV. Watch The First on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. Okay, so what happened in Ohio this week, there was on the ballot a constitutional amendment that would have made it more difficult to pass a constitutional amendment. It would have increased the majority necessary from 50% to 60%, which a lot of states have a 60% majority to pass a constitutional amendment, so this wasn't something outrageous or unprecedented or anything of the type. The reason it was a polarizing vote was because the pro-life coalition and the Republicans wanted to make it more difficult to pass a constitutional amendment because the pro-abortion folks in Ohio are trying to pass abortion up until the moment of birth, and the pro-lifers and the Republicans want to make it more difficult for them to do that. So, of course, it became a very polarizing issue, and Republicans and pro-lifers lost. They lost pretty handily. This is a tweet from Ilhan Omar that I want to bring up. It has a graph here. It was 62% to 38%. Ilhan Omar, of course, her commentary is, this hell no vote is a win for liberty. The GOP ignored warning signs as polls showed nearly 60% of voters were against the measure. Nearly 60% support abortion access. The GOP loses when they go after democracy and women's rights, but they keep effing around and finding out. Ilhan Omar is just a nasty person. She posted this graph with it that showed where the votes came from, that showed that, yeah, 60% voted... um, against this constitutional amendment, 38% about voted um, for it. It is disappointing, but here's the bigger picture here. The bigger picture here is this is the problem that the Republican Party is facing. The reason that Republicans lost in Ohio this week is the same reason that Republicans lost the midterms in 2022, and it's the same reason that Republicans lost the presidential election in 2020. The reason is because Democrats... um, have get out the vote operations like you've never seen before. 
In some states, I'm talking about ballot harvesting. In most states, I'm talking about early voting and universal mail-in ballots. They have specifically targeted campaigns where they actively recruit voters. And so these elections are won before election day even comes around. And meanwhile, Republicans are over here like, we don't believe in election season. We only want election day, which fine, I do too. I wish that people could only vote with paper ballots at the, bo- at the poll on voting day, unless there was an exception for like illness or you know, deployment in the military or something really severe that allowed you to vote absentee. I wish that too, but that's not the reality of the situation that we're facing. The situation that we're facing is Democrats are allowed to do all of this electioneering, ballot harvesting, early voting, universal mail-in ballots, targeted recruitment of certain voting demographics which with misleading narratives to trick people into voting Democrat, and it's working. And so let me tell you this. It happened in 2020. It happened in 2022. It happened in Ohio over this issue and in other states over similar issues, especially abortion, because Republican politicians are so afraid to talk about abortion. They're so afraid to be pro-life because their consultants have told them that's an unpopular topic with constituents that we've surrendered the narrative to the left. We've allowed the left to define abortion, not as abortion, not as a medical, brutal medical procedure, a brutal, bloody medical procedure that deliberately ends the life of a living human baby inside the mother's womb. Instead of actually competing for this narrative and offering reality to women, we've allowed the left to brand abortion as miscarriage care, ectopic pregnancy care, rape and incest and life of the mother, when that's not true, that none of that is true. But because consultants have told Republican politicians that abortion's unpopular to talk about, we don't even compete. So all of these voters that voted against this constitutional amendment were recruited by Democrats, probably engaged in early voting, have fallen prey to the narrative that the left propagated that we didn't even compete against, And so what happened in 2020, what happened in 2022, and what happened in Ohio, my friends, it's going to keep happening. We're not gonna win in 2024. We're not gonna win in 2026. We're not gonna win in 2028. We're not gonna win abortion unless and until we compete with a get out the vote apparatus that the Democrats have. If we don't embrace early voting, we don't embrace ballot harvesting, if we don't recruit voters and compete with uncomfortable narratives, then we're gonna continue to lose. Even if we actually own public opinion on abortion, which we do, by the way, the vast majority of Americans do not think abortion should be legal in the third trimester. The vast majority of Americans do not think abortion should be legal in the second trimester. And yet, we continue to lose whenever this is on the ballot because we're not competing. Republicans are being losers. You can't walk into a game without training and expect to have some miraculous victory here. Of course you're gonna lose obviously. And you can blame the RNC for this. This is a top-down strategy. And yes, they are to blame. You can blame state Republican apparatuses because they're supposed to be in charge of this in their own state. And yes, that's true. But it's also something that we, the people, the electorate at large, has to demand before any Republican apparatus is going to do it. We have to educate ourselves on what the Democrats are doing so that we can not only do the same thing, but do it better. Until we do that, we're going to keep losing. It's infuriating. You can tell that I feel passionately about this because Ohio is my home state. It is not a pro-abortion state. It's a largely pro-life state. And yet we've been outmaneuvered by the Democrats and we lost and we didn't have to lose. All right, to lighten up the end of the show here so that we don't have to end on that note, we do have one random thing from the internet today. This is, oh goodness, the title of this. Let's rate my exes with grandma. 
All right, hit me. Show me what this Let's is. Let's rate my exes. This is Billy. I liked him because he was tall, but he didn't know how to kiss. Three out of ten. This is Bruce. And may he slay in peace. I liked him because he had a motorcycle. But as you know, he didn't hold the door for me. I'll give him an extra point because his funeral was fun. Four out of ten. This is Burr. He used to take me out on fancy dinners. I never had to take my wallet. Eight out of ten. And may he slay in peace. This is George. He was the hottest one, but he also passed away. May he slay in peace. Nine out of ten. That's it. I don't know where you guys find these things. I don't know whether that's hilarious or what that is. I'm gonna have to watch that a couple of times before I know it. I think you guys can let me know if you are laughing as hard as my control room is laughing right now. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.